Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast Uncancelled and Unplugged. Uh, this is a, an opportunity for those speakers, thought leaders, practitioners who were scheduled to share their ideas and insights from a stage somewhere in North America during the next few months who now find themselves um, with uh, 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 robbed of opportunities to, to share those things. And likewise, uh, for those listeners who have not been able to uh, get out to events and uh, hear some of the great uh, ideas that, uh, that, that many of the people have. Um, so this is episode four, joined today by Leanne Davey, who is the author of The Good Fight. Uh, I've known Leanne for a number of years. Uh, she's always been on the leading edge of uh, discussing leadership and teams. And we're going to have a chat today about uh, team dynamics, both how the current environment is uh, shifting that in terms of remote work and also the changing role of team leaders and managers. So uh, welcome, Leanne. I'm glad you could join us. Um, perhaps... So oh, just going to say, I'm glad to be just, here. Yeah. Yes, well, we got to say. So, <laughs> so you could just start by by sharing a couple of those core messages that you've been um, you've been sort of emphasising in your presentations in the last little while, and, and obviously the content of the book, and and that you'd sort of anticipated um, uh, being able to uh, to uh, to share with audiences uh, in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity to do so. It's it's nice to be sharing the message, even though it's not uh, on a stage with, with all the lights. Um, so I am, by way of background, an organizational psychologist, or what uh, people refer to, <laughs> I get referred to as the water cooler psychologist. And so my work focuses on all of those messy human dynamics that affect our ability to uh, make meaningful contributions at work and, and collaborate and do amazing things together. So a couple of the speeches that I've been giving quite frequently, one is to do with the Good Fight book that I just put out. Actually, it was uh, it was a year ago yesterday. So um, the Good Fight is about how we need to change our attitudes about conflict and learn the importance of working through conflict to make our teams more uh, productive, make our organizations more productive, make our teams uh, more trusting and, and more engaged and to reduce our own stress levels. So I talk a lot about uh, our uh, messed up perceptions of conflict and, and how we need to get better about that. So that's one thing. And the other is feeling very prescient at the moment because for the last year or so, I've been giving a speech called Change Has Changed. And it's about the neuroscience of perpetual change and how we need to lead and manage differently when change isn't that good old fashioned John Cotter seven step process that it used to be. And instead it's just one thing after the next coming at us in a way that we can hardly catch our breath. And, and uh, COVID-19 certainly feels like uh, change has changed. We've, we've never seen anything like this before. So those are a couple of topics that I would be talking about right now uh, if I, if I were honest, stage somewhere well okay well, certainly both um you know very very timely in the current circumstances let's take a look at the first of those to start this this idea of conflict in teams and and obviously sort of implicit in in the projects that that, that you have is that that you know people tend to avoid conflicts or see it as a bad thing um and obviously you, you know you, you've directed people on how to how to uh you know turn turn conflict into a into a positive force and, and address them and stuff but how is that specifically maybe in, in you know, a lot of people obviously are moving now to remote work within a remote team environment what's the you know what, what what would be your message around conflict there 
Yeah, so there's a few parts of it. So one, it's when you aren't uh, walking past everyone every day, when there's not that immediacy of somebody scowling at you or (laughs) giving you the side eye in a meeting, it can be quite tempting to allow things to um, fester, to, to not deal with it, to just say, you know, we have this great excuse that this isn't important, we'll deal with it later. So so one idea would be that um, it gets easier for us to dig ourselves into significant conflict debt. So we really have to guard against that. Another thing is that uh, it's a time when most of us are quite stressed, including myself. I certainly feel that I'm not at my best. I, I get to a dark place. I get frustrated more quickly than I otherwise would. So there's a lot to think about in terms of our own empathy with, with where other folks are at. And then I guess the third and final one would be uh, so much of this is now happening remotely that we don't have great skills about how to have conflict or have difficult conversations remotely. So there's a, a lot to learn about how to have those difficult conversations with somebody who might be on a, a web call with you or, or that sort of thing. So there's lots of different aspects of it that I think are are worth talking about and thinking about. So and I, I wonder also if whether you know there's also a pressure that people feel now to to sort of, you know, and, and you know you you were very frank there about yourself feeling feeling anxious and stuff. There is a temptation to a pressure to sort of put a put a, a bright face on things and and to not admit to to uh, uh, you know succumbing to um, you know some of the stresses that we're facing. Yeah, and I think that um, sense of of trying to pretend we're invulnerable or things like that, I've just decided that uh, I'm not going to be a part of that. Uh, I'm going to be clear with people about where my own anxieties are, uh, how I'm thinking about things, and, and be real with people. Because the problem is, if we don't Uh, admit these sorts of things, they're still there. And (laughs) we might be jumping to conclusions, not giving people the benefit of the doubt, getting frustrated more easily. And and the person on the receiving end of that might uh, incorrectly assume it's because of them. Instead, it's really because of us, because of where we're at. And so it just feels like the right thing to do for me to be honest about, hey, if I'm short-tempered with you, if I'm not as creative or open or my best version of myself right now um i apologize and and you know i ask for for some patience so are there any sort of practical you know tips you'd you'd, you'd offer to either team members in terms of, of dealing with conflict with the other team members or managers in in spot spotting that in in people when they're they're obviously no longer getting that sort of day-to-day um physical contact Yeah, I I think one of the things that's interesting is that remote situations can actually be an advantage in some ways when we have to have difficult conversations. And we don't think about it that way. But it really is true because you get a little bit of time to collect your own thoughts. So one thing I would say is if you need to talk about something that's not working for you, you have the time to move past your judgment and actually sit and think about what's the example I would give this person so that they could understand. So maybe it's when we were on that call this morning and you know you said x or you did y so when we're doing it remotely we're not in the moment we're not sitting in a meeting room and getting frustrated we have the chance to to think a little bit about okay if this is what i'm feeling where is that feeling coming from so instead of judging someone saying you were really rude on the call this morning and we can say something like Um, From the camera on the video conference, I could see that you were um, on your phone 
while things were going on. So on your phone is objective. It's um, it, it's much less likely to create defensiveness than saying you were disengaged or you were being rude. So one of the things I want people to think about is how does this way of working give us some advantages that that we don't have? The other I would say is that we need to spend a lot more time understanding the other person's truth and less time trying to force our truth down their throat. So taking a moment to think about, okay, what's going on for them? What are their pressures? So, um, you know, I have two teenage daughters in my house and they're pretty self-sufficient and they've actually been contributing to cooking some of the meals and it's a positive thing. But if I'm on a call with somebody who's got young kids who are, you know, cooped up in the house and 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 running around. Um, I need to start with a little bit of empathy for what their situation is, and then as I'm listening to them talk about what they need, to have the the um, the patience and the empathy to say, okay, how could this work for you? Where could you fit this in? What are you able to do? What aren't you able to do? So, a lot more empathy and a lot more validation of their experience before you even share with them what your experience is. So those couple of things will go a long way in making people feel like you're an ally through this crisis, as opposed to all of a sudden one of your team members feeling like you're an adversary. Right, and, and so one of the things, and I'm sure you've heard it in your work a lot, and, and uh, is now I, I, I dabble in the area of, of workplace culture, this idea of sort of bringing your whole self to work and, and authenticity and, and, and the like. And I guess in some ways what you're saying is that, that working remotely has sort of forced that upon people, that, that we're, now, we're now made more aware of their, their backstory, as it were. Uh, and that gives us an opportunity to both um understand those others better but also present ourselves in a more authentic light is that a fair comment yeah and, and i think that's going to be one of the best things out of all of this so um you know if my video were on right now you'd see that i'm in the basement and you see the couch is all pushed out of the way because we've been having to use our teeny tiny little basement for our, our fitness <laughs> our fitness routines in the morning as a family and I think it's great to know that stuff about people, to just understand them more as, as people. Um, so those sorts of things. And, and I know one of the things that's become popular over this is um, celebrities who are doing things to contribute to keeping us all entertained and occupied. We're seeing their homes and, and getting to understand uh, a little bit of them it's a different angle than we've ever had before. So that authenticity, you know, what what I'm wearing, what my hair looks like without all sorts of product in it, what, you know, what my environment is uh, most of the time when I'm working from home, all these things just help people understand one another uh, more fully. And I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, I mean, it, do, it does kind of humanize uh, people, doesn't it, in a way yeah, that, that a more formal office environment sort of mitigates against in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I, and I think that's a great thing, and and I hope some of that uh, remains after. So, so just moving on. So, what, what, I think it's, it's sort of a connection there. You know, we, we mentioned about authenticity, empathy, uh, bring your whole self to work, and, and and that that access that that the current environment gives us to 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 people's environments, and and therefore hopefully a fuller understanding of them. For leaders right now, leaders I think face um, a particular challenge around you know obviously front of mind for a long time the issue of sort of engagement etc. But now that I think they're being called upon to be um, you know that much more human for want of a better word. And I mean, how do you think that's 
what how do you think that's playing out currently with with remote working and 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 what advice would you give to leaders yeah, I think it's a very, very difficult challenge. So uh, I'm on the board of a mental health charity, and we had to have a, a call last night talking about, okay, what are we going to do with the staff? Um, you know, we can't carry on paying them at their full salary. Do we want to uh, lay people off? Do you know what do we do? And and you all of a sudden all these theories and <laughs> these great conversations we've had about you know, what's fair, um, the rubber meets the road when all of a sudden you're talking about real people and real staff. Um, and so I, I think as a leader, we have an obligation to the organizations that we work for. Um, we need to think really carefully about the things that will protect the business, but we need to do that in a way more so than ever that recognizes the individuals. So as, as we were talking about uh, our staff, um, you know, we, we ended up making the decision to go down to 80% salary so that hopefully people that means they can pay their rent and buy their groceries. And, um, and if they, you know, can't pay for gas or some other things, maybe that's okay in, in this period, but at least no one will be without rent and groceries. Um, and then as we were talking about it, we were asking, you know, how, how do you think that will land? What impact will that have? And, and the, the director was saying, well, it'll have a bigger impact on some people than others. And that's when I think we've made the right call for the business. Then we have the opportunity to say, please make sure if there's anyone on the staff who can't can't feed themselves, whatever, make sure we know. Uh, we will look out for them as individuals, probably outside of the business. But, uh, you know, as individuals and as leaders, we will make sure those people don't go without. So it, it's that very difficult thing where as a leader, you have an obligation to the organization to make good calls. But once you've made the right calls for the business, uh, making those in a way and implementing them in a way that's um, as supportive, as kind, as flexible to the the people um, as is humanly possible. Yeah, and I think that's um, you know thinking about some of the other work I do in, in diversity and inclusion. You know that that notion that you know you treat you know you mentioned we'll, we'll treat everyone equally. Will will everyone takes an eight, you know a twenty percent uh, cuts and 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 that's sort of fair uh, or seen as fair in some ways. But obviously, people come from very different circumstances. So what so being equal in that way. Um, you have to you have to i think create a, a mechanism to recognize those that, that, that people come with, with different challenges and different needs and i and, actually and so think, the equity issue versus equality right yeah it, so i've written quite a lot about this idea of uh you know what is fairness that they're that they're really for if you're a manager there's there's really no objective standard of fairness. And I think that may be another thing that comes out of this. Uh, you know, I think about taking ethics courses in um, in university and, and some of those ideas come back. There, There's no right answer here. And if we get managers and leaders to really sit in that discomfort of the fact that there is no such thing as fair, there is no one definition. And as you say, you know, being... Um, 
being equal, egalitarian, doing the same thing for everyone could certainly be just as unfair and unjust in some cases as being equitable could be in other cases. So um, sitting in that discomfort, knowing that as a manager, one of the reasons that you get paid to be a manager is your judgment and your ability to sit in those paradoxes and in those uh, situations where there is no right answer. So again, if we could come out the other side of this with more understanding of how there is no uh, right answer on fairness, uh, that would be another really positive thing for um, improving the the caliber of, of our leaders. Yeah, I think you've, you've, you've tapped to something very important there, that idea of the, of the leader wanting to have the right answer. And I think there is a, um, particularly now, you know, uh, People in 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 you know employees are looking to their managers for, for some form of reassurance of guidance. You know what's going on, what's going to happen next week. In a time of of where no of, of huge uncertainty, um, so how can how can managers be honest um, and reassuring and and but but avoid that temptation to want to give an answer when when really there isn't one about a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, I would say the more you can be explicit about your thinking. So here's how I'm thinking about this. Here are the guiding principles that are uh, are helping me as I make these sorts of decisions. This is what matters to our company. You know, those sorts of things so that you can share and be transparent with people about how you're making the decisions you have to make. And then certainly there's an opportunity to say, if there's something I'm not thinking about, please share it with me or I'm I'm nervous through this that I'm missing perspectives. Please help me by by sharing those with me, those sorts of things. So the more you can be open about, here's how I'm making these decisions, the better. But the important thing is that not to shy away from making calls, because in some ways, um, avoiding that conflict, avoiding that difficult situation is only going to make a more difficult situation in the future. So don't shy away from it. If you need to make a tough call, be very open with people about, here's how I'm thinking about this. Here's how I made this decision. Here's why. Um, and, and please, you know, as we're going along, if there are things you want me paying attention to, uh, I, I encourage you to reach out and let me know. And and so so maybe what, what you, you mentioned you're you're on the um, uh, involved with the, with the mental health uh, not for profit. Um, I mean, this is a time obviously when when you know when managers uh, in particular are, uh, are facing a lot of stresses, both in terms you know that they have the stresses with their own lives, and also having to um, you know, address and account for for those they lead. Are there any um, particular things you recommend that lead, leaders do to make sure that they're caring for themselves at this point? Yeah, I think investing in your own resilience and your own health is so important. So it's um, it, it's interesting in the change has changed speech that I give. Uh, I use this line, you know, it, things are so busy or things are so chaotic. Um, people tell themselves, I can't afford to, you know, get my exercise. I can't afford to stop and eat proper food. I can't, you know, whatever. I can't afford to get to bed on time. And what I really want to encourage people to do is change that sentence because right now 
your employees need you to have more patience than you've ever had before, more creativity than you've ever had before, more endurance than you've ever had before. And so all those things require resilience. So I just want people to put it on a sticky note and stick it up right in front of your face, something that says, it is so urgent right now. I can't afford not to get to bed on time. I can't afford not to move my body for half an hour, a couple times a day. Um, because those sorts of things are what are going to give you the wherewithal to cope with what's coming at you and how quickly it's coming at you. Um, so that's something that every time I give the speech, people pull out their phones and they take a picture of that slide. And I, I just love the idea that um, it, if it can remember that in the coming weeks and months, that it is it is such an unprecedented time. I can't afford not to take care of myself. I'm one of the most important assets for my organization. And if I depreciate that asset by, uh, by running it into the ground, I'm doing no one any favors. Yeah. So yeah. move your body, um, sleep, do the sleep hygiene things, right? I know waking up at two in the morning, there's lots to fret about, but, you know, you know, do something for an hour before bed where you're not connected to, you know, the screens and the light, yeah. um, all those sorts of things, move your body. Do it, and it is hilarious. My family of four in what is less than a hundred square feet trying to do a fitness class every single day, but we're making it happen. It's, you know, we've been kicked in the head a few times, but we're making it happen. So, uh, whatever it takes, those sorts of things are, are absolutely mission critical right now. Yeah, it's actually a discussion that um, uh, one of the earlier episodes with Marianne Baton sort of dives deep into specific strategies around uh, uh, around um, uh, around resiliency. But I think you know the advice you've given there really supplements what she said really well. The, you know, the sleeping, I think, in particular, and getting away from screens and the like. Um, so I, I was chatting to someone uh, today in, in one of my colleagues in New York who's an avid, uh, avid runner, and uh, we were talking about how, um, uh, how different it is for him run, running through the streets of New York right yeah. now. It's imagine a different experience. And I said, well, you know, when this is all over, you'll go out for a run and you'll think, gee, where did all these people come from? <laughs> um, Get out of my way, people. Get yeah, out of my right. way. I mean, I mean and looking forward um, to, uh, you know, when, when this is all over, what advice would you mean? What, what, what do you envisage the, the happening, as it were? I mean, what, 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 how do we, how do we transition? Do we transition from remote and all go back to um, what it was like before, or what, what do you think it will have changed? Yeah, for me, I am resolving not to go back to how it was before. Um, so I, I was um, stuck in Costa Rica <laughs> when this really got going and getting pretty worried and pretty nervous. And um, thankfully, my husband said, let's get out and go for a walk. And, and that cleared my head. And, and, you know, at the top of this mountain in Costa Rica, <laughs> I think probably from climbing so many stairs, I, I remembered this wonderful quote from Rahm Emanuel, who said, never let a serious crisis go to waste. Um, and so I'm using this crisis to change some of the bad habits, both in our family and in our business that we had gotten into. Um, and, and that's my way of not wasting this crisis. And so if I go back to uh, all of the things that I did beforehand, I will have wasted this crisis. So uh, I'm thinking of 75% of things, 85% of things that will go back to how I loved them, being with my clients, giving speeches, uh, all those things, you know, just having coffee with friends. Um, but 
what I'm most excited about right now is the 10 or 15 or 20% of things that aren't going to go back where I'm going to be thinking differently about how I deliver my work. You know, I've, my work primarily requires getting on a plane. I had 61 flights last year. I hope I don't go back to 61. I hope more and more of us learn that certain things can be done remotely. Um, uh, we were ordering out you know, like way too many nights a week. And I hope that doesn't go back um, and ordering out uh, becomes a treat uh, and stays a treat instead of, of the routine. So that's how I'm thinking about it. I, I think this will have been um, an important inflection point for my family and my business if we don't waste this crisis and if a few things don't go back to how they were. I'll, uh, I'll have to connect you with my oldest daughter. She's been in quarantine. She comes out Sunday. Uh, I texted yesterday say, how are you doing? She said, I, I spent $60 on takeout today, Dad. <laughs> so um, um, so I'm hoping that she, uh, she she's fine. So I'm, I feel free joking yeah. she's not saying since she's healthy right. and well fed but yes she's yeah. she's certainly well fed i know that um so thank you leanne that's great you provide you know it's a short time chatting here but some really solid advice both to people in teams how to get on with one another managers how to deal with conflict the whole kind of um changing role of leaders and the need to be more 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 authentic and transparent and more humane in the way they work and i think really also some great tips there at the end for how we you know, taking what we've learned from this experience and, and making sure that we all have better lives. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I, I so look forward to uh, uh, seeing you on the stage uh, mm -hmm. in the not too distant future and maybe even perhaps even taking time to meet up for a, for a coffee or something. Thank that you so much. That would be lovely. I, I okay. look forward to it, John. Okay, bye.